Hi, I'm Dennis Sheeran. And I'm Raven Steinmetz from the Instant Relevance Podcast. And we're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here, and today I'm talking with Tiffany Mosier. Tiffany overcame battles with depression, anxiety, issues with divorce, and the desire to end her life. Today we're talking about her book, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life. It's inspiring, it's powerful, and it's going to give you so much to think about. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it would be awesome if you left a review, subscribed, and shared. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Tiffany Mosier is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life. She overcame battles with depression by volunteering overseas and nationally, helping people suffering from the damage brought by natural disasters. She discovered she can live a fuller life by giving back to others in need. She has gone out on several missions for the nonprofit All Hands and Hearts, including Hurricane Maria disaster response in Puerto Rico, Hurricane Florence disaster response in North Carolina, and earthquake recovery in Nepal. Mosher also serves on the board of a nonprofit, Aid Now, volunteering as their international missions director. She handles the logistics for international projects to help children in need. Project Fostering Hope provides infrastructure repair, school supplies, shoes, and materials needed for the indigenous Mayan community in Nuevo Durango, Quintana Roo, Mexico. She also coordinates logistics support for Project Jumpstart, which provides clothing, shoes, school supplies, food, and health screenings for the 500-plus homeless children within the Virginia Beach public school system. For the past the last five years, Mosier has served as a logistics analyst for engineering and aerospace companies. She has a Master of Science in Human Security and Resilience and earned a Bachelor of Science with a 3.9 GPA. She also trained at FEMA Emergency Management Institute. Tiffany, 38, has three children, resides in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Tiffany, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me. Well, glad that you're here. And uh, uh, Tiffany, love the book, um, and I can't thank you enough for taking the Making, the, making it happen and uh, sharing your story. And um, let, let's start by talking about you as a writer. What inspired you to write and finish your book, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life? Well, as I progressed through the years of volunteering and using that as a way to bring myself out of a depression, I would share my stories about my travels with family and friends. And a lot of them would say, you know, wow, your story's so inspiring you know, I was feeling sad. And when I hear the things that you're doing and how it uplifts you, it makes me want to go out and try to do something to help other people. And so I've been told, you know, you should write a book, you should share these stories. So I was like, you know what, maybe it's about time. So I, you know, took the risk and as scared as I was to do it, because I didn't think I could do it. I put, you know, my pen to my paper, and it turned out to be something really, really wonderful. Excellent. And that it is. It, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad that you were able to, to push through and make it happen because a lot of us talk about writing that book and it, it doesn't happen. And so kudos to you. And it's, it's, uh, it's an inspiring read. So 
in the beginning of Beauty Beyond the Threshold, do you recall, all of a sudden I remembered that I was a patient on a 72-hour hold in a psychiatric ward. The pain, depression, anxiety, and the desire to end your life that you experience, where'd it come from, do you know? Well, in, when I was in my mid-20s, I went through a pretty traumatic divorce that left me a single mom to a three-year-old daughter and a six-month-old son. And that experience kind of instilled the fear of abandonment in me, and I didn't handle it very well. So I had very horrible hope, coping skills. I just lived in a constant world of fear, paranoia, and worry, and due to not getting adequate help for those things, I gradually got more and more depressed, more and more anxious, and ultimately it led to a suicide attempt. And uh, when I, uh, at that point, I decided I needed to go get help. You know, one of the things that you talk about is uh, in the book, and just as a note, uh, it, uh, um, I had, I struggled a little bit on where to focus because I could spend a lot of time in just the beginning of your book entirely. The, uh, um, and while you were receiving treatment, um, one of the things that you you ran upon was a, a book that happened to be sticking out on the shelf. And can you talk about, and, and to quote you, you say, um, that passage in a random book, can you talk about the power that passage in that random book had on you? Yes. Yeah, so when I was in the hospital, there was not a lot to do. You know, we were, we were bored all the time. And I happened to look past a bookshelf and saw this book that was just sticking out a little bit more than the others. And something just pulled me to grab it. And when I grabbed it and I sat down and I opened it, the first thing that I saw was a list and it said the words, a little girl grieving the death of her mother. And then I looked at the top of the list and it said, what is abandonment? And I just almost dropped the book immediately. It was a very powerful moment of, it was like a sign. You know, some people don't believe in signs and, and fate or things like that. But for me, it was this sign that was like, I have been fearing this fear of abandonment and been scared and running from it for so long and dealing with it. But if I would have been successful in my suicide attempt, I would have been passing on that fear to my children. And that was a very big wake up call for me that I needed to do something better to help myself become a stronger person so that I can be a better mother to my children. Excellent. The, uh, something that helps you um, recover is that you go beyond your comfort zone. And, and, uh, and I, I'm moving forward to get into some of this because it's, it's quite fascinating what happens um, with you as you get um, move into this um, this different world for yourself. Um, one of my favorite lines in your book is this, I have no freaking clue how to do any of this. I said out loud, I barely even knew how to use a power drill. Could you talk about the impact of going beyond your comfort zone and what it did for you? Yes. Yeah, so when I decided to go volunteer in Puerto Rico for Hurricane Maria disaster response, it was a very frightening concept. One, being an introvert, having being able to travel alone was a concept that was very, very foreign, let alone let's go do some construction work for someone like me who knows nothing about tools and, and things like that. So yes, it was a huge push beyond my comfort zone. But what was so beautiful about it was when I pushed myself to do something different, a little scary, a little frightening, a little intimidating, I learned that 
A, I can do these things. And two, it helped increase my confidence. It helped me increase my self-esteem. It made me feel stronger. Like, wow, I can do these things even though I thought I couldn't. And so it kind of got to a point where I was like, what more can I do to push myself? Because it feels really, really good to achieve these things that I was so afraid of doing. Hey, this, it's so cool because it is something that, you know, people get afraid to push themselves and, and you're trying to uh, get yourself on the right track for, your, for you and your family and, uh, and, uh, and to go out there and do, and really just put yourself out there and say, I'm going to try this. That's so cool. I mean, that's, that's very neat. And that's, that's, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, it, you know, in helping in Puerto Rico, what, did you have some major lessons that you learned that seemed to just impact you the most? I mean, you have some cool stories that you tell in the book and I just wondering what just really impacted you the most there. Yeah. So, you know, doing the work was great. Learning the new skills was fun. Uh, traveling is always a wonderful experience, but the lesson I took the most from that experience in Puerto Rico all in general was learning to not take my life for granted. I had learned that I took so much of things for granted. The people we were helping, you know, didn't have power for several months. Uh, the gentleman in particular that we were helping fix his roof, he didn't have power for seven months after the hurricane. You know, and for me, you know, I would think I would get so inconvenienced if the power went out for, for two hours after a thunderstorm. You know, so it taught me a lot about perspective, about what I have to be thankful for in life. And what is the true meaning of happiness? And what I found was helping other people, helping them recover, helping them make their lives better from overcoming this horrible tragedy that they had to endure really made me feel more whole. And that's the beauty of what came out of that trip. And I just knew I had to keep finding that somewhere else. And I wanted to help more people. And it gave me a sense of purpose again, which is something I was lacking. That's, that's so powerful. And I, I can't imagine, cause you tell this story and one general's name is Israel, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. And you're on the roof and <laughs> working. Um, I just relating some of these stories and realizing that, uh, you know, like you said, not taking for granted your world and your life is, is uh, just comes through in what you write about and so forth. So uh, um, awesome. You know, toward the end of Beauty Beyond the Threshold, you comment, there's a natural high that I get from volunteering. When I take my pain and turn it into something positive, it awakens my soul. What do you mean? For me, I had dealt with so much pain, anxiety, depression, sadness, for so many years. And I found that as I took those feelings that weighed me down and tried to put them into something good as far as like, okay, well, let me push myself out of my comfort zone. Let me find things that make me happy. That I found that it made me feel like I was hitting the reset button on my life again, almost. So throughout the book, you know, I, I, in the beginning, I talk about how I, I went through this divorce and, and, it, and the really, really deep depression. And then as I start to come out of the depression, I'm still dealing with life. You know, I'm going through another uh, impending separation and divorce from my second marriage. My teenage son decides he wants to go live with his dad. And I'm dealing with these really heartbreaking emotions, but I'm finding that as I take that pain and that sadness and that heartache, but I 
but I go on these trips and I volunteer and I help other people, I'm able to find that there's still beauty in life, that there's still things to, to be positive about, that there's ways to still hold on to hope and faith that things are going to be okay. And sensing the gratitude in the people that we were helping that had overcome these horrible tragedies makes me feel like my problems aren't that big. And so that's what I mean by it makes me feel alive. It's like, okay, you know, I can help someone else. And in turn, they're helping me become stronger and deal with my, my, the pain that I'm dealing with and, and having hope that everything's going to be okay in the end. That's I appreciate you sharing that. It is, you know, and it's, it come, you know, one of the, as you're talking about that in, in the book and the volunteering, you kind of, you see the, you know, just from the choice of words that you use and everything else that uh, the difference that it's making in your world, which is, is incredible. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things that uh, you just started to talk about, and I'd like you to kind of share here is, um, can you talk just a little bit about uh, the joys of motherhood and how your kids gave you a reason to live? I mean, that's a, that's a big part of your story. Yeah. So the kids are amazing. They, you know, as, um, as a mom of three kids and, you know, now they're 18 and almost 15 and my youngest just turned 11 on Monday. And, you know, for so long when I was dealing with the depression, I lost sight of what it was to be a mom. I kind of was just, I retreated so much and I just kind of try to hide and hide away. And I've learned that through just enjoying life through their eyes and just doing things with them and seeing them grow and, and developing the little different unique relationships that I have with them because of their different personalities and their different interests. It's just, I learned that it's so fulfilling to be a mom and that, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm a single parent now. I can, I can handle it. I can do this. They give me strength. They give me hope to keep pushing. And it's, um, it's such a wonderful thing. It's so hard to describe. I'm trying to put it into words. I don't know if I'm doing a good job at it, but <laughs> you did a you great know, job. They're, yeah, they're they're just uh, they're amazing, and they keep me on my toes for sure. Very cool. And and you, like I said, you're doing a great job at it because it's <laughs> this is something that I, I'm a father of two. Uh, now both of them are in their 20s and off in the work world and such. But uh, you know, from the early ages all the way through now, still, you know, it's one of the things that they're they're there for you. They're part of your world. And, uh, and I think there's just that magic, that connection that, uh, you know, they're your children that, uh, helps, uh, uh, people overcome just about anything if you can focus on them. So good stuff. Um, they, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, that, uh, I want to point out is that you've, you know, you, and you've talked a little bit about it throughout the the book, you had to deal with these different fears and anxiety. And at the end of the book, you note, I, I remember when I used to place so much trust in the things I feared. Could you tell what you mean and uh, what thoughts are you trying to leave the reader with? Because there's got to be a reason why you put this towards the end. Yeah. So when I was really depressed and anxious, I lived in this little safety bubble that included fear, paranoia, worry, always preparing for the worst to happen. So I was always trying to find the bad in everything. I was trying to find the worst case scenarios. I was trying to constantly prepare myself for the worst things to happen. And I found 
that process to be debilitating. But at the same time, I found it so safe because I, I didn't want that rug to get ripped out from beneath me again, like it did when I was in my mid-20s. I felt like I had to always be prepared. And one thing that my, my um, ex-husband had told me, you know, he was like, you need to stop living in fear and you need to try to put, you know, your trust in love instead of those fears, you know, trust the positive things, trust the, the good things. And I didn't listen to him at the time, but now that I looked back, you know, after, on reflecting on, you know, at the end of the book, I'm sitting there and I'm reflecting on all the years and everything I'd been through. And I realized that, you know, when I trust, when I trusted in the fears, I was, basically debilitated but when I learned to trust in love and trust in hope that you know my outlook and my perspective on life was so different and was much more beautiful and wonderful and it was freeing that's awesome I love that the uh because fear can be that just thing that everything's it's all about you know if we get focused on that all being about afraid of this afraid of that then uh you know there's after a while there's just nothing there and I, I like that. And I like that, how you brought that in towards the end of the book. That's um, great stuff. I'm glad it had that power for you. I, I got to tell you, I didn't, um, you know, back in, in the early in the book, I want to make sure I mention this before I forget. Uh, um, it's, um, I went and I'd never, I, I went and listened to uh, Gandalf the magician or Gandalf that song. So while I was, re- so I, um, I went back and I read part of your book again, listening to, um, that that song. So I've now listened to uh, a powerful song. I love what you're talking about with that. So oh yes, yeah, Gandalf the Wizard. Yeah. Yes. 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 There yes. It is. Oh yeah, that's such a wonderful thing. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah, it's amazing. Part, that part where you talked about that song, I was like, oh, I, well, now that she's mentioned it here, I'm gonna have to go find it. And so I did. I went and found it, and then went back and reread with that playing in the background. So, so uh, that, that was cool. Part of your book when you talked about the power that and recalling that song and so forth, what it had for you. Yeah. When I was in high school, music was my, my life. You know, I, I loved being a musician and that was definitely one of my favorite pieces to play. And, you know, in the book I talk about, you know, listening to it when I was kind of deep in my depression and I felt so lost and sad that I had lost that, that confident young lady that I was when I was on the stage and, and playing my clarinet in the orchestra. And, and at the end of the book, I listened to it again with from a whole different perspective and it's so beautiful. And I still listen to that song all the time to this day. It's, it's an amazing piece of, of music. It really is. It's very cool. And I, I mean, it's uh, funny because I've seen those movies a lot, but I'd never thought about the, the soundtrack with it. So it was cool. See, when you, um, when you mentioned that, I was like, uh, so I do know what you're talking about now and it's good stuff. So very, yes. that, um, and uh, so anyway, so I wanted to tell you that, <laughs> yes, so you've, you've got an, uh, another, uh, another one listening to, to that song. So <laughs> good, cool stuff. Amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where's life taking you now? Life now, um, you know, with the pandemic, it's hard to plan some international uh, volunteer trips. So for now, I'm kind of just focusing on, you know, being a published author. This is new. It's exciting. And it's opening up a lot of great doors. Aside from that, you know, I'm still doing a lot of local volunteer work with my organization. I'm on the board member of Aid Now. And so we help the local homeless community here. And I have uh, school planning projects for the Mayan village that we're going to be working on and hopefully be able to travel 
there this year if, if, if it's safe to do so. And then also if it's safe to do so, I would like to try to do a, a, a travel solo around the US and do a little bit of a book tour this summer. And my, my plan for that would be to find a different charity organization in each city that I visit or each town or where, what have you. And um, all proceeds from that book tour will go towards those individual little charities that I hope to spend a day volunteering with as well while I'm in town. So that's, that's the big plan. Will it happen? I hope so. If it doesn't, we'll wait for next year. It, it will happen soon. So good, good stuff. So thanks. Thanks for telling us about that. Yeah. Tiffany, before we go, if somebody wanted to connect and to learn more, uh, where would you send them? Um, I have my website, www.tiffanymosier.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you just type in Tiffany Mosier author, you'll find me there. And um, the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever books are sold. Awesome. And I'll have links to your website and such in the uh, show notes. And uh, um, I got last two questions, which are just questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. What would you say to someone who asked you, I need some advice. I don't know what I can do. I seem to fail at everything and I want to quit. I would say try to find something that brings you a moment of peace and happiness, even if it's just for a few minutes. And that could be something as simple as your favorite cup of tea, as in my case, tea or coffee or, you know, something that makes you laugh or a conversation with someone that can make you smile or inspire you. It's, I found that in time where I felt that I was failing and everything, that I was sad, that little moments of happiness and when I would focus on them, even if it was for two minutes at a time, is something. And when you try to find the positive things that are happening around you, then your perspective gradually starts to change. It's not an overnight flip of the switch. It's a work in progress. It's a progression. But when you learn to try to find the small little things that are going right and the small little positive things that are good, it helps you overall see the good things that are going on around you versus, versus focusing on the bad and negative. I love it. Powerful, very powerful advice. Thank you. And last question, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, so my uh, fifth and sixth grade English teacher, Mr. Basin uh, from Drums Elementary, Pennsylvania, uh, he was the one teacher that always as students, we would, you know, talk about our dreams and what we want to be when I grow up. And he was always so, you know, motivating and yes, you can do it. And I remember I went to, you know, my dream was to be an astronaut when I was in that age. And so I went to space camp and before I went to space camp and before I left, you know, Mr. Basin said, Tiffany, I need you to step out into the hallway. And I thought I was in trouble. I thought, <laughs> oh no, what did I do? And I'm waiting out in the hallway and I'm thinking, oh no, the parent, the principal's going to call my parents and I'm freaking, I'm sweating, you know, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And, uh, when I came back in, you know, I, I was like, you know, wide eyed and like, what did I do? What did I do? And what he did was while I was outside of the classroom, he had all of the students write me a handwritten letter telling me about, you know, good luck, have fun at space camp and put them in an envelope and said, you know, don't read this until you get on the plane. And he wanted me to have something to read 
And I still have those letters to this day. They're just amazing. You know, some of them is like, have fun in outer space, bring me back astronaut food. But it's interesting because it's like he wanted to, to instill that method of encouragement and of, of the peers, not only from teacher to student, but he wanted us students to encourage each other. And I thought that was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's something I will never forget. That's awesome. I love that. So uh, that's so cool. And it, it, to, to encourage you to continue to do that. that uh, love it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, your book, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life is powerful and inspiring. Uh, thank you for having the strength to share your story with everyone. And I'm wishing the best in all that you do. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to speak with you today. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.